If you'll open your Bible to page number 326, I want to show you today in the Bible one of the most interesting, fascinating stories. You talk about, you know, people say, you know, the Bible's boring. Well, when they say that, I know they've not read much Bible. There's a lot of exciting stuff, especially in the Old Testament, some of these Bible stories. The one today, if I were making a list of 10 just off-the-top Bible stories, this would probably be on the list. It's about a man you may not have heard of him. Maybe you have. His name is Naboth. And Naboth, the interesting thing about this man, he, he had him a little like plot of land right next connected to uh, King Ahab's winter palace. You, you know who, you know, King Ahab married that woman named Jezebel. Probably never lived a meaner old woman than Jezebel. I mean, she was terrible. Um, I hope you didn't marry her sister. I don't know. But anyway, um, he had this, this land and, and, and Ahab wanted it. And in fact, I want to just, the story, it's not long, the part we'll read, but look with me. We'll just start out in, uh, we're in first Kings chapter 21 and we'll just start out here in verse number one. It says, now it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the, the, the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Jezreel. Now Jezreel, uh, you've heard the, uh, you know, the, whether over in Egypt, uh, not in, uh, not in Israel, the eastern end of Jezreel, uh, where this is, about 50 miles north of Jerusalem. So here is the Jezreel Valley. Well, he had this land, this little garden. I'm calling it a, uh, I'm calling it a, a bean patch. Just it, it, uh, get to, it's just not a big deal, but he had it. And, but it was next door to the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. So Ahab spoke to Naboth saying, give me your vineyard that I may have it for my vegetable garden because it is near, it's next to my house. So, you know, here's a guy with a house. He wants to buy the lot next door. He says, if you will, uh, I'll give you a vineyard better. Or if it seems good to you, I will give you whatever it's worth in money. But Naboth said to Ahab, the Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. Now, the Jewish people, because of Scripture in Leviticus chapter 25, they thought, they believed, and the Bible says, that it was against God's laws to permanently sell any of the land because all the land belonged to God. And that's what he's responded to here. Well, he told him that. He said, I can't do that. So Ahab went into the house sullen and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And Ahab lay down on his bed and turned away his face and would not eat food. I mean, he's in bad shape. Uh, but Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, why is your spirit so sullen that you eat no food? Well, he said to her, because I spoke to Naboth and said to him, give me your vineyard for money or else if it please you, I'll give you another vineyard. And he answered, I will not give you my vineyard. Now look what his wife said to him. Boy, she talk about a type A personality. Jezebel, his wife said to him, you now exercise authority over Israel. Notice what she said was, hey, do you not understand you're the king of Israel? You, you don't have to put up with stuff like that. That's what she was saying. She said, arise, eat food, 
let your heart be cheerful. Now watch this. <laughs> she said, I will give you the vineyard of Naboth. And she wrote letters. Now look what she did. She wrote letters in Ahab's name. That's forgery. She sealed them with his seal. That's perjury. And sent the letter to the elders and the nobles who were uh, dwelling in the city of Naboth. And here's what she wrote in the letters. She said, now it, it appears to these people that Ahab wrote this. Well, no, she wrote it. She forged his name. And here's what the letter said. Proclaim a fast. So we're going to appeal to religion. And seat Naboth with high honor among the people. And seat two men, scoundrels, before him to bear witness against him, saying, you have blasphemed God and the king. Then take him out and stone him that he may die. So the men of his city, the elders and the nobles who were the inhabitants of his city, did as Jezebel had sent to them as it was written in the letters which she had sent to them. They proclaimed a fast. Going, now, this is a religious. They're going, they're going to use religion to get their you know, people. I don't want to chase a rabbit, but boy, don't politicians do this. You'll see more politicians at church during election time. You'll never see them, but I'll just leave that to late. Well, they need to be in church anyway. All right. Okay. So they proclaimed a fast and seated Naboth with high honor among the people. And two men, scoundrels, came in, set before him. And the scoundrels witnessed against him, against Naboth in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth has blasphemed God and the king. Then they took him outside the city and stoned him with stones so that he died. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth has been stoned and is dead. It came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, that's her husband, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, which he refused to give you for money, for Naboth is not alive, but he's dead. So it was when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab got up and went down to take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. Well, that's, that's to me a kind of a fascinating story. Now, if time would go, let us, we'd read on. It didn't work out very well for Ahab in the end. Now, you know, when you read this story, you really see the good character of this man, Naboth. Uh, you, you see it in his integrity, his honesty, his courage, his loyalty, and other important virtues. Now, you also see the bad character of Jezebel. I mean, I've just jotted that forgery, hypocrisy, using religion uh, to cover up her scheme, perjury, telling an untruth before authorities, murder. She had him killed. But, but the, the bottom line is, as you read that story, you, you have to ask the question, you know, why, like Naboth understood the consequences of saying no to a ruthless king like Ahab. He, he knew the deal. The question is, what would make a man like Naboth say no to a ruthless king like Ahab when what he wanted, he just wanted to give up his land and let him have it? Well, the answer to that is he wanted to obey God. That's the thing that really mattered to this man named Naboth. And he understood that uh, the consequences of that would probably not be very good. Now, that said, I was thinking about today, and I thought, you know, the fact of the matter is, in all of our lives, God has given us, I'll call it this, bean patches, vegetable gardens, whatever you want to call it, vineyards. But in, in a, a symbolic way, God has given us things at the very same time, God has told us what we're to do, just like 
Naboth learned about what you could do about selling land permanently from word of God in the book of Leviticus. And what we need to do, we need to guard these vineyards in a very special way. Now, one of these would be our character. Uh, I, I just, you know, character, when you talk about character, you're talking about things like integrity. You're talking about honesty. You're talking about truthfulness. You're talking about courage. You're talking about lawyer and all the other virtues like that. Well, you know, God's, that, that's one of the gifts of God is, is our character. It, it's like one of our, our bean patches. And we need, to, we, don't, we need to be careful not to let somebody else take our character from us. We need to be careful not to let somebody else buy our character. I, I really fear that one of the problems among many in, in our nation's capital with our elected officials is they've let, they've let the influence of people and money and things buy their character. And they do good. Many of, Now, that doesn't mean all of them, but it means more of them than we probably realize. But that's, that's their deal. I want to think about my deal, my character. I, I want to guard my character. I don't want somebody else to destroy my character, nor do you. You know, as I, the Bible says we're to abstain from even the appearance of evil, not just from evil, but from the appearance of evil. I had a lady in the new member room Sunday. I was telling Jimmy and John a while ago, a lady came into the new member room, the family room, a friend she was with had made a decision of the Lord, and she just kind of came with her. And she came in, and she said, I'm just coming with my friend. And that, that person began to talk to one of the other ministers. And I was just standing there. They said, I thought this was really sweet what she said. I was wearing this very, very nice red coat, if you've not noticed. And she said, I would not want to do anything improper. I thought, oh, my gracious, what's she going to do? She said, could I just touch your coat. I said, well, yeah, but let me get a witness over here. I said, I don't, you know, I, I'm going to be talking about it. I said to myself, well, let me tell you maybe a, a better illustration that when I left my first church to go to Sulphur Springs to be the pastor of that church, right before I left, uh, the, the, the chairman of the deacon said to me, uh, pastor, you know, maybe there's something that you might want to remember the years you've been here. And he said this, he said, why don't you take something from your office that would remind you of, of your years here in our church? Now, the interesting thing about that is I've mentioned before, when I went to that church, I followed a pastor who unexpectedly died, who had been there 11 years, and he was a godly, godly man. His wife was still in the church. She became one of my daughter's encouragers and best friends, really, and we to her. But anyway, he said that, and I thought, well, you know, well, I thought about that a few days, and what I, in, in my office when I went there, because when the pastor died, Somehow or another, I never did exactly understand it. Basically, everything in that office was given to his wife or his family. When I went there, back, in fact, the only thing really in the office when I went there, there was one of these a cane bottom chairs, 
and somebody had stepped in the thing and busted the thing out. Well, I'd gotten it repaired and I had kept it in my office all that time. And I thought, well, you know, if I want to remember anything at all, that was the only thing really in my office when I went. I think, no, no. But I thought this, now wait a minute. If I take that cane bottom chair to Sulphur Springs, Texas, and one of the church members one day comes out to visit us and sees that chair, they'll say the preacher stole the chair. So I said to the deacon later, I said, you know what? There's something in my office I'd like. I told him what it was. I said, but before I take it, I'd want you to announce to the church that y'all said this to me. And it's interesting, not long after we moved to Sulphur Springs, a family came and one of the first things, they had not been there very long, said, well, isn't that that same chair that was back in? I said, yeah, were you, were you not at church the Sunday? They said, well, no, we wasn't there. And I said, well, let me tell you the story. I thought, man, you know, we just have to be above reproach. Could I have an amen to that? We just have to be honest. We really do. And character is all part of that. To me, a person's character is one of the most important things. And especially is that true in the workplace, you know. And I just, I just, you know, I know people can do things. And, uh, and I go to the extreme of that. And you could ask uh, someone, if, if I write a personal letter that has nothing to do with my work as pastor of this church, I put a stamp on it and pay for that. I'm not going to run it through the church stamp machines. And then, I mean, you say, well, you could reimburse the church. Well, you could, and it's be, but I wouldn't want to give the appearance. So I say, you know, preachers running personal stuff through. Now, sometimes it's hard to know what's personal and church related. I always just err on the side of being cautious. I just encourage you, um, don't let anybody take your character bean patch because that turns out to be a very important thing. Now, I'll tell you another bean patch we need to guard and be careful. That's our mind. You know, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So what that means is whatever we think, whatever you think is what you are. You know, you hear it said, you're, you're what you eat. Oh, I hope not. You know, I hope that's not right. Um, uh, but the Bible says it different. You know, what you really, what stays in your mind that's kind of who you are. And we need to guard what goes in our mind. D don't let other people put negative things in your mind. You know, there are some people, when you're around them, they build you up. There are other people, they, they kind of beat you down. Well, the Bible says we're to edify one another, build up one another. So, you know, you say, well, how do you, how do you never get around negative people? Well, I guess you'd have to go live on an island alone. There's just, there's just so much negativity today. There's more negativity today than I've ever seen in my whole life. I've never, ever, ever seen such negativity. I think maybe that's one thing maybe so many people, like the Super Bowl kind of gets our mind off of the reality of what all is going on today. And, uh, well, then, then, and, and then we've got Taylor Swift. We just, we've got the, I better... <laughs> By the way, she, she's from Henderson, Tennessee, which wouldn't mean anything to you, but Henderson, Tennessee is kind of on the outskirts, maybe a few miles, but not many, of Nashville. That's where that is. It used to be a little sleepy place. It's kind of grown up, and uh, that, that's her home, and I don't know. But anyway, we'll, how I got off on that, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things. You know, if, if you're a gambler, and I hope you're not, one of the big things the gamblers gambled on last Sunday 
was how many times the cameras during the game would focus on her. And there's probably some folks that lost a bunch of money on that and, and got it. But anyway, guard against that. And don't, don't, look, don't put trash in your mind. I mean, we just, you know, you say, well, hey, we're grown folks. You need to be talking to the students. Let me tell you something. The devil doesn't just work on young students. We just need to guard what goes in our mind. And that's why I think it's so good every morning. I was reading it in my Bible this morning. I'm, I finished Genesis and I'm over in Matthew. And I was on that Sermon on the Mount this morning. I thought, man, I need to, I need to get some stuff better in my life just reading the part of the Sermon on the Mount. But it's putting the right stuff in our mind. Interestingly, some months ago, uh, it was then in a phone conversation with Dr. Norman Berkman. Now, Dr. Berkman would be one of the oldest in years and most respected in his profession in the medical community of any doctors we have in the Houston area. Like he's way up in his 80s. He's older than I am. Uh, he, he, he really doesn't look his age, but uh, he's just been around a long time. And the medical people know Dr. Berkman, and he's been, uh, he's kind of in, kind of in a semi-retired situation now, even though he's not retired. Um, he, he's just got a different kind of deal. But he's, he's helped us all these many years, and, and, and he's, a, he's a dear, dear friend, and his wife, Melinda, is extremely, she and Dottie are very good friends. And, uh, but anyway, some, some months ago in a phone conversation, he made a statement. And I don't remember what led into this statement. He said, you know, in the end, E-N-D, what really matters about a person is not their net worth. What really matters is their life worth. Now, that was some months ago. Now, last Thursday, Dottie and I had lunch with Dr. Ms. Berkman. And I had said to Dottie, I said, you know, Dr. Berkman made a statement to me several months ago, and I can't remember the second part of the statement. I'm having somewhat the same problem. They're accusing our president of having, I can't remember. <laughs> so at lunch, I said to him, I said, Dr. Berkman, I said, uh, you, you, you made a statement on the phone, and, and I can't remember if, you, if it was original with you or you said you heard somebody say it. Are you ready? And I said, I can remember the first part of the statement. You said it's not in the end a person's net worth that matters, but it's there. And I said, I can't remember the rest of the statement. And he's having the same problem too. He couldn't remember it either. <laughs> but if you ever notice your brain's amazing thing, that night I'm in the den at home not even thinking about the statement, and it came to me. Have you ever had that happen? And I picked up the phone instantly and called Dr. Burton. I said, Norman, it came to me. He said, what came to you? He, he, he thought I had some kind of illness. I said, no, no, no. That statement, I remember it now. It's not a man's net worth. It's his life worth. He said, that's it. And I said, okay, I'm going to text it to you right this minute before you forget. I'm going to write it in my Bible before I forget. But you know, I don't know if he thought that up. He, don't, he doesn't remember where he got that. He's got this memory problem, I'm telling you. But, but, but we all, you know, we all hear stuff. But that, you know, that, that is the truth. At the end of your life, your net worth is not the main thing. It's your life worth. 
what you did with your life. And listen, our character and, and what we think and what we do is going to have a lot to do with that. Well, Father, I thank you for this story of Naboth. There's a man, and he knew it was going to cost him something to tell King Ahab no. But he also remembered what God had said, and to him what God said was more important than what a king said. Lord, help us as we live our life every day to just remember the things, God, that you've said. We can't remember them all, but we'll remember many. And God, help us, help us take a stand and do it in truth and do it in love. Always, no matter what the cost, to do what you teach us to do. Lord, bless every person here today. Give us a good rest of this week. And uh, help us even today, God, to be a blessing and encouragement to others. In Jesus' name, amen.